Our world is always so rush, rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, this is Gabriella, your host with Might Radio, where we evoke, educate, and empower. We have two amazing guests on today that will help me to kick off the National Anti-Bullying Month in our country, in the U.S. Bill Cornelius is an award-winning filmmaker and artist, and Jeff Kirby is nice enough to tell us his story about being bullied throughout his school years, and he will tell himself all about it. Guys, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Hi, Bill. So I know Bill very well because I was part of your documentary, Bill. Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what made you so passionate to become an advocate about anti-bullying. Sure. Uh, well, the, the documentary is called Hear Me Now, and uh, it, it basically came from my own personal experiences with bullying. Um I, I had dealt with it pretty severely for about three years when I was in middle school, uh, to the point where it, it you know, it's it's something that affects you for a really long time. And uh, I, I've always been involved in film production, so it was kind of, it, it kind of became natural for me to to want to help people uh, using my personal experience. And so I thought, you know, what better way to do that than through film, which is something I was already involved in. Um, so let's, I think it was May of 2011, I started shooting the film and, uh, you know, we, we want to change lives. We want to save lives. We, we want to speak to the youth, uh, that are dealing with these problems and, and, you know, see what we can do. And Jeff was actually one of the first people that, that I interviewed for the documentary. Oh, wow. That is so great. I yeah. didn't hear that. But Jeff, yeah. your story is quite uh, quite horrendous. You've ha- you've had a really hard time. Yeah, it, it it was rough. You know, I mean, I, I grew up in two different states, and and uh, you know, grew up in uh, just always changing schools around because of because of the bullying, and and that was actually one of the big reasons we moved uh, when I was about twelve was. Um, you know, in addition to my dad's work, but, you know, I just had such a hard time, you know, the two major schools in the town I grew up in, I just, I was picked on so bad and bullied so bad and nobody ever did anything about it. So that was, you know, it was nice to kind of move to another state, get a fresh start, and then right off the bat, you know, deal with it again. And it just escalated and got worse and worse, you know, from about eighth grade to my junior year of high school. It was just awful and terrible to the point where I just decided, I can't do this anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. You know, it, it was it was rough. My my parents didn't understand, or at least I didn't feel like they did. You know, okay. and, uh, it was just it was a rough deal. So I just kind of felt like I couldn't do it anymore. You know. My question to you, Jeff, is how? What makes a person? And I think you're perfect to answer that question. What makes you go from the isolation into final the desperate step of wanting to end your life? Well, it's, it, 
it's hard. I think on one hand, it's the same for everybody, and on the other hand, it's different for everybody. You know, so I mean, I think, I think you know, if you were to ask someone else the same question, you know, you would get a different answer from than you are going to get from me. Of but, course. You know, for me, for me personally, I just. You know, I grew up in kind of an emotionally abusive household with my mom, and and so being at school with the bullies, and then coming home and being bullied by my own mom, you know, growing up a lot of the time, and and uh, you know, my dad traveled, so he wasn't really around for you know to kind of help me out with any of that, and and I just I, I hit this point where I just didn't want to do it anymore. My dad was still traveling while I was in high school, and my mom was you know getting worse and worse, and. And, you know, the kids at school were getting worse and worse. I was getting, you know, pushed around and, you know, it was just, it was terrible. It was absolutely awful. And I hit this point where I didn't want to be, I felt like I was a burden on people because, you know, sorry, it's it's just, it's hard. Um, No, I understand. You know, I, I didn't want to feel like I was burdening anybody anymore with my, own problems and my own issues and you know I felt like if I just kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it people were feeling like oh god here he goes again you know and I, uh, I didn't I didn't want to do that anymore and no. I thought the only way to the only way to end that was to end my own life that way I wouldn't be a burden on anyone else and I certainly wouldn't have to go through the pain anymore you know and uh, I just, I couldn't deal with anything anymore. I was just done. I was done with existing. I was done with life. And if I was done, then nobody would have to worry about me or mm-hmm. nobody would have to spend time thinking about my crap anymore. You know, that, that was yep. kind of my train of thought. I find it so interesting what you just said. Um, I'm here in Iowa, Davenport, and I was just speaking to um, future nursing students. And I was just saying that I think you end up feeling such a burden for your friends to always complain and to, and especially because they can't really relate to your burden, uh, to your problems, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they are the same age as you are. So when you talk to another 13 year old, it's great to be able to have at least one friend you can talk to, but that friend doesn't necessarily have the tools to actually guide you. Exactly. Would you agree with that? Oh, I would agree. I would agree completely and wholeheartedly. And, and it, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really change much when you get older. It's just when you get older, you get wiser about how to approach your problems or how to, you know what I mean? But yeah. when you're young, you know, you, you feel like you can't talk to your parents about it because your parents are squares, you know? Okay. And, you know, you don't want to talk to your friends about it because it's like, well, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, stupid or like I'm being a pansy about it, you know, especially when you're a guy, you know, when you're a guy, it's like you have this image in high school of you have to be macho and you have to like guy things and you have mm-hmm. to do certain stuff. I didn't play sports in high school. I was an extremely skinny, you know, artistic kid. I loved music and I, I, I loved music and I loved, you know, drawing and writing and I took a Latin class and, you know, I was certainly not the stereotypical guy in high school, you know. And You weren't it, the high school uh, jock. Yeah, oh, nowhere close to being a high school <laughs> jock. It was all the jocks that picked on me. Uh-huh. It was the jocks that made fun of me because I wasn't a normal guy to them, you know. And girls did you, never did you ever realize that you were picked upon for that one uniqueness and you too, uh, Bill? Um, I, for, for me, I had uh, spent most of my childhood in Kentucky, 
Okay. Uh, where I was very popular and a lot of people knew me and liked me and things were good. And I ended up moving before middle school to a place outside of Chicago, uh, which was a completely different uh, part of the country. So um, the first thing I was picked on for was for the fact that I was from the South. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what they used as the the kind of catalyst or fuel to pick on me. And then... Uh, after that, it just it just became fun to pick on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't even about me being from the South anymore. It was just, let's pick on Bill because that's the thing to do. And, and uh, it continued for, for three years. Did either of you ever say stop? Did either of you ever, because this is what I try to teach to children today, is we can say stop. We can actually really go to a principal, a teacher, a, um, a counselor, and say, this is not okay. I can't tell it to anyone else, but I need to go to an adult and say, no, no more. Jeff? What What was it, Jeff? The the question is for either of you guys. Is there a moment that you went in, in, when you were a victim of bullying, that you went uh to an adult and you said, no, no more, please help? You know, I I did. I did a couple of times. And, uh, you know, the school that I went to, um, you know, where a lot of this escalated, you know, in high school, um, you know, it was a, it was a Christian based school and, and it was one of these schools where there's a elementary and a middle school attached to it and the high school attached to a university and they're all owned by the same company. And, you know, so everybody had kind of grown up together and mm-hmm. all the teachers all went to church with the students and their families. So it was kind of like a community. And as a new kid, if you walked into that, you were kind of like an intruder into this community. And, you know, some of the teachers and staff members intentionally made you feel that way, and some of the teachers and staff members didn't. And, uh, you know, so but the problem for me was that didn't make you feel that way. I had no relationship. I didn't have classes with them. I didn't know them. They were in a different part of the building. They didn't see any of this go on. So, you know, um, and the ones who were picking on me were kind of the stereotypical rich kids. You know, they were the ones that, you know, their parents were so well connected and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, their parents would like get them out of stuff all the time. And so when I went to go approach a faculty member or an adult about it, um, nobody would ever do anything because, you know, the kids' parents that were picking on me would just talk their way out of it with a nice, you know, with a nice check filled donation to the school. And that was it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, so people often, anything. Would, would you think that to them it was just teasing, Jeff? Uh, to the, to the kids who were bullying me? Yeah. To them, it was just kind of lighthearted teasing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. There are a lot of people that don't even feel that they're bullies. They say, well, we just teased. Well, I think a couple of them, I think a couple of them, yeah, you know, to them it was. I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of these people who, you know, did this stuff to me ever since I left high school. And, and uh, you know, a couple of them have, you know, apologized, been like, hey, man, I heard about what happened to you and why you left. And, and uh, you know, I just want to let you know, I'm really sorry. It really was just, I didn't know I was affecting you that bad. And, you know, there were a few of them that I tried to approach, you know, to let them know for my own you know, process of moving on um, that I had forgiven them. And they're still the same kind of people that they were back then, you know, and, and very, well, I didn't do anything, so what's this all about, you know? So some people, yeah, I think they do think it's just, 
lighthearted teasing. They just don't know they're going too far with it. Some people, you know, they are acting out from their own insecurity or their own, you know, bad upbringing or their own abusive situations or, you know, whatever it is that's their own pain that's causing them to take that pain out on others, you know. I basically really believe that, and I've talked to Bill about this already, that both the bully and the victim have a lot in common. They both have low self-esteem, and I really believe they're mirror images of each other. And one yeah. of the things that I'm going to ask Bill is really, I find it so sad that uh, we, on the media also a lot, we vilify the bully and we glorify the victim when we know, and these horrendous YouTube videos come out. And after the break, I really want to talk about that to you, Bill, because you have talked to so many children, and you really seem to know what's going on. Okay. Okay, let's uh, break. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, this is Gabriella, your host with Might Radio. We are back with our guest Bill Cornelius and Jeff. Kirby, and we are talking about anti-bullying because it's October and it's National Anti-Bullying Month in the U.S. Bill, just before the break, I was telling you how sad it is when we glorify the victim and vilify the bully, and we really don't do anything about the problem. What was your take on this? Because you've t- talked to so many children in so many schools. Well, uh, it, it's kind of like what, what Jeff was saying earlier about uh you know, the, the bully has their own insecurities and their own issues that are going on at home and, and things like that. And and like you said, too, they're, the bully and the victim are kind of mirror images of one another. They're both, uh, they're both acting out in a... Well, one of them's acting out in a way that, that hurts the other, but they're acting out because they have low self-esteem, uh, they're not getting enough attention, who, who knows what it could be. So it's really... Yes, the, it, we need to support the, the victims and so forth, but we also, I think, need to concentrate on why are these these bullies acting the way they are. Mm-hmm, the absolutely. But nobody seems to want to go to the source. Nobody seems to really be interested what the yeah. bully does. We only seem to want to punish. 
Right. Yeah. It's 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 just uh, you know let's suspend them. Let's uh, you know do, do, chastise their parents for bad parenting. You know do do whatever. And it's it's really not. I don't think it's getting to the root of the problem. I think uh, a lot of these these people that that are bullies may actually need some counseling. You I know, would just, love uh, to see the bully and the victim together with the counselor. I really that, yeah. Absolutely. And when I, I personally think that both are from a position of fear, I think the bully is fearful of the victim, and there's something that he or she wants that the victim has, and that's yeah. why, why, why they're bullying so much. And right. it's actually something that they're, in, in my case, for example, the, the girl that bullied me a lot was very, very tall. And mm-hmm. in the end, I actually realized that she envied me because I was so tiny. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. really strange, but you cannot find this out if you do not spend time with the bully. Because right. the only, I, I know we're very scared, and I know the victim doesn't want to do it, and that's my question to Jeff. Have you ever in all this time wanted to confront, not now as an adult, but as a child, wanted to confront with your parents or alone or with a friend, maybe, the bully? Yeah, I did, you know. I, oh, super. What it, what it came down to for me was, you know, um, my dad kind of raised me to be really, you know, very logical, very rational. You know, I never, I never grew up in a very... Um, uh, kind of fly off the handle mindset, you know, and, uh, I've always been kind of the, the one in my family to kind of sit down and say, all right, well, you know, there's no reason to kind of freak out. Let's, let's think about this and let's talk about this. And I'm sure we can find some sort of resolution or whatever, you know, I've always been that way ever since I was a kid. And so all I ever wanted to do was just figure it out. You know, my dad always told me growing up, well, you know, if you just, you know, take one of these guys and when he takes you out back to beat you up, just suck him one and you guys will be friends. That's what happened to me. You know, Mm -hmm. that was my dad's advice. And I'm sitting here like, well, dad, I weigh like 150 pounds less than these fifth graders. What do you want me to do? (laughs) You know, so all I knew to do was talk to them. And that's what I wanted to do. All I ever wanted to do was just sit down and say, look, man, I mean, Okay, you're hurting. You have you have pain in your life. You're afraid of something. Okay, that's fine. But why do you have to take it out on me? You know, I mean, there are plenty of other. You play football. Take it out on the football field. You know, why do you have to use me? All I wanted to do was just talk about it and find a resolution. You know, I never Mm -hmm. wanted to be friends with these people. I mean, all I wanted to do was just to not hurt anymore. You know. Yeah, I hear you. For them, all they wanted to do was not hurt anymore, too. They just, we both took very different routes of figuring out how to not hurt anymore, you know. What what I hear in your message here, and again, the funny part, I just heard it in the nursing school where I was talking, is the parents often advise, you know, stand up for yourself or just beat them up. And yeah, right. the young lady that asked me that is already an adult and said, that's what my father tells me to do. And I said, but a parent can only tell you what their own experience is, what they would do. And yeah. so you get truly, for the children, you get very conflicting messages. Because right. I don't think beating up someone or having someone go into a hospital is the solution to the problem. Because like you just said, it is deeper than that. And yeah, yes, it's, of course, it, you know, the child will leave you alone. When you yeah. think about it, you know, that, that age-old 
the age-old, uh, uh, you know, piece of advice from centuries back, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I mean, when you really yeah. think about it, that's not that's not an appropriate way to deal with any situation, no. you know? And when you apply that to, you know, you got the, you've got kind of the greatest generation, which taught that to, you know, what would be my parents' generation, who then taught or tried to teach that to my generation. And it it seems like my generation kind of, half of them took that to an extreme, and the other half kind of went the complete opposite way and just kind of shrunk back, you know? And Mm -hmm. for, for me personally, I was, like Jeff, I wasn't very athletic. I didn't play sports. So I wasn't particularly intimidating. Um, so, and, and I was an artist. I was, I've always been very kind of inside my own imagination and, uh, you know, just into drawing and things like that. And, and I just have a, I guess, a more peaceful approach to life. So, so bringing violence against uh, somebody that was antagonizing me just, it, it frightened me. Because yep. I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't the kind of person that uh, that that was something I would do. It, no, it's because all, all we do is action reaction. Yeah, and and that's really not the message to teach. No, I agree totally with you. But one of the questions I have is if we go to the source of the problem, the real real source of the problem, would you? Because you you've talked to so many children and. Jeff, you've told your story around some schools, too. Honest, the children, let's not always blame all the children. We see it from somewhere. The behavioral patterns are copied or mimicked. Exactly. And, and they are mimicked from an aunt, an uncle, home. They, they really are. And, and hey, I'm, I'm no saint either. I can come home and say, oh, my God, that person in traffic. And before I know it, I might have said something that I shouldn't have said with children around. Well, well, you know, I don't even think it's more, I don't even think we need to sit down and say, oh, well, it, they had to learn it from somewhere, so let's look at the family. I mean, you could even look at media, you know, you look at media consumption, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anything, I mean, look, I'm going to sit down and play a rousing game of Call of Duty with my wife and with my friends just as much as the next guy, but, okay. you know. I don't think that that, I don't think we as a culture and a society do a good enough job of shielding children who should be children and not tiny adults from things that are not appropriate for them. You yeah, know? whether it be TV or video games or music or what have you. Or, music, yeah. You know, we treat 10-year-olds like they're 20 now, yep. and we shouldn't we be doing that. We should not allow 10-year-olds to watch certain things, be exposed to certain things. Have, an, gotten, have an iPhone and exactly. we've, Facebook and we've everything. gotten very lax as a culture, I think, when it comes to the sheltering of the innocent child mind. You but know? then again, I think parents feel so pressured in giving their children that iPhone. They right. are really pressured. Well, and I'm, I'm taking a little bit all sides here because they really do. And yesterday I was talking to to mostly parents, and they feel that I, I would honestly say that if they don't give it, they basically have a bully at home. <laughs> well, um, no, I, mean, I just I just became my wife and I just became parents this year, and it, it has changed my mindset completely on how I look at how I look at uh, parenting. 
compared to before I became, you know, a parent. My little girl's only five months old, but just looking and thinking about the future, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Watching TV shows with my wife, like Glee, you know, and seeing how parents react to their kids on Glee. And I sit there where before, a year ago, it was like, oh, hey, this is a great show, whatever. And now I'm sitting here like, oh, no, wait, we actually teach our kids this? You know, we... We're modeling these things as examples for our children. It's no wonder our kids are so screwed up. You know, it's no wonder we've got an issue like bullying in school that nobody wants to do anything about. It's no wonder you've got a situation. Now, I'm going to date myself here, but it's no wonder you've got a situation like Columbine that happened. Because, you know, yeah, it it does come back to the parents. You know, ultimately, it comes back to them. I mean, I... You're, you're a product of your environment, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, there's and if you're, and that kind of thing. But yeah, if 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 the environment that you're coming from is is a certain way, it's going to model you and shape you as a person. And you can't you can't really escape that as a young person. That's all you know. That's what you <laughs> have grown up in, and that's what you've been exposed to. But I uh, saw Bill. I saw the bully movie, right? Right. And. The parents of one of the the children that had been bullied nonstop on that school bus. Mm-hmm. Honest to goodness, um, when you send your kids on this bus onto school, you hope that your children are safe. Come on, when when uh, Jeff, when you say goodbye to your wife in the morning and you go to an office, uh, let's pretend for a second, your wife hopes that's a safe environment for you, just like we do with everyone we love. Otherwise, we wouldn't send them there. Right. But it wasn't, it, our, our schools are not safe environment. Yeah. You they know, really aren't. If you really look, and the camera can't be everywhere. And the teachers say to me that a lot of the bullying goes on in the bathrooms and yeah. just in those nooks and crannies in school where they, there are no cameras. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, and, and the kids know this, you know. The kids mm-hmm. know. They're very they're, smart. They're not <laughs> You know, what really gets me is that, you know, it really seems like there's two options mm-hmm. to to fix this problem to me. Okay. And it bothers me that okay. the one option, which seems so simple and so easy, which is how about as parents and as family members and as contributing members to society, we actually step up and we look at things and say, you know, this may not be appropriate. If I'm going to yell about this person that cut me off in traffic today, maybe I should not show that side of myself around my young, impressionable children. You know, instead of taking that, which is ultimately the easiest route, we tend to go more towards the, oh, well, you know, if they're bullying kids in school bathrooms, that means we need to put cameras in the school bathrooms. Yeah. I think what you're saying is that we need to live by example, right? Yeah, we need to live by example. But to live by example, we, as adults, and we really mean that, Jeff, we need to opt our standards and values. Bill and I have already talked about this. If if our values are as low, and I'm going to throw politics in here for two seconds, that um, whatever boo-boo something show is watched more than a debate for an election, which is really important then I think we have truly dropped the ball on our values. 
Well, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna one up you there for a second. Can you hold that religion and for just say, after you know, break? Me being, me being raised a Christian, you know, I've as I've grown up, and I've kind of come back to my faith personally. I've realized that it's, it's, I grew up and I always thought, you know, if these people would just become Christians and everything would be okay. But as I've grown up and I've looked at culture and I've looked at society and I've studied, you know, social interaction, um, you know, in my free time, whenever that is, you know, I've come to the conclusion that, you know what, it's less a religious issue and it's less a political issue and it's more of a human issue. Yeah. Of course, it's all human, but the problem is we don't do it. We take the easy way out. But let's take a break right now, <laughs> and we'll come back. All right. All right. Thank you. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Are you lost, fed up, knowing you're better, and yet not knowing why? Let Derek O'Neill transform the not knowing into the knowing by showing you the way. Whether it's not being able to drop the excess weight to unhealthy relationships or finances that you know you deserve, Derek provides insights that are like magnets to invite what you want in your life and repel what you don't want. Tune into Derek now to discover how to improve your life immediately and unleash the winner that you know you are and others need to see. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. I'm Gabriella, your host with Might Radio. Evoke, educate, and empowerment. Our two guests are Bill Cornelius and Jeff Kirby, and we're talking about anti-bullying, which is the month of October, if you just joined us. So I was just asking uh, Jeff and Bill about how can we, as adults, opt our standards and values so that we can set a better example. Bill, right. you want to start, or Jeff? Um, well, yeah, like we were, like I mentioned before, people are really the product of their environment, and um, kids are the product of their environment. And with with all the media and all the things we're exposed to uh, as we grow up, TV, movies, music, whatever, a lot of that influences us and shapes us and things like that. So, with me personally, in doing this documentary, for example, um, I'm giving the young people something to look at, uh, a movie, something entertaining, something that catches their eyes, something that that speaks to them just like any other form of media would. Um, But also where you actually try to educate them. Okay. But it also resonates with them, right? You you show them examples that are living examples that they go through every day, right? Right, and and it's it's also uh, I, I want them to be able to connect with with the people that are in the film and and 
See, because a lot of times when people are bullied, for example, they feel like that that they're the only one, that they're isolated, that nobody understands their situation, nobody's been there before, nobody knows what they're going through. So with the film and, and having these testimonials and so forth from different people that have actually been there or people that are currently dealing with it, it kind of gives them a sense of you're not alone. These people are dealing with it too. They've dealt with it, and they're doing better now. And, you know, it's it's a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Um and I'm just hoping to just to make them feel like they aren't alone and that there is there is a positive outcome if you know if if they stick it through and if they allow it. Where uh, can people know stuff. more about your movie and when it comes out and how sure. they can obtain it? Uh yeah, we're uh, I'm still in production right now and it's it's uh it's been a, a, an enormous and daunting uh process making the film because really what I'm trying to do is and it, and it kind of plays into um, the stuff we see in the media is just kind of a, a, a piece of the story. We don't actually get the entire story, and we get we get we hear different things like like uh, gay kids being bullied and and people getting bullied because they're of a different race or culture or what have you, and and we just hear that little segment. But but there's so much more to bullying than just these these small fractions of stuff we see in the media. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. making the film, I'm trying to cover the entire, I, I say instead of a, just a slice of the pie, we're trying to cover the entire pie. Okay. And it's, such, it's, it's been a very daunting project, so it's, taking, it's taken me almost two years to, to make this film. <laughs> but, hey, um, can I ask you something, Bill? How did you choose the title? Because I absolutely love your title. The title, the title was really difficult, um, and I thought about it for, for a long time, for for the first few months we were shooting, it was just called the Untitled Bullying Project. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We, um, so I, I kept thinking about it, and I wanted it to be something in relationship to speaking or letting your voice be heard and, and all these different things. And I had I'd made a list of all these possible title ideas, and nothing really grabbed me. Um, but I was listening to a song by a band who's actually from Nashville called uh, Framing Hanley, and they have a song called Hear Me Now. And I happened to be listening to that song going home from work one night, and I thought, you know what? That's the title, Hear yeah. Me Now. It's perfect. It it's feels perfect so, because so they good. need to get their voice heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it just that, that spoke to me. That just made sense to me that that, that should be the title. So, and when is your documentary coming out, approximately? Do you have a date? I am hoping to wrap everything up uh, before the end of the year. So it'll we're we're projecting an estimated completion date of somewhere around spring of 2013. And is it uh, going to be DVDs that the schools can obtain? How does it work? Yes, uh, it's going to be released on DVD and. Um, what what I'm hoping to do is kind of make it available on DVD that summer so then schools can go ahead and obtain copies of it uh, for the next school year. Yeah. Um, that way, you know, they've got it ready to go when the, when the school year starts. So it'll be on DVD, and hopefully, uh, you know, if, we're, if we get enough attention for this film, we can maybe get distribution, maybe try to get it in some some theaters across the country and, and even the world. I mean, we're, we're really hoping to 
just get the film everywhere we can because I think it, it just needs to be seen and heard. Well, I'll do my best to help as much as I can. I'm a total advocate for any bullying. So I think we really need to save the children because they're, first of all, our future, and I wouldn't want every victim to turn into a bully by the time I'm a senior citizen. That wouldn't be good. (laughs) That would not be good, no. Because then we wouldn't be treated with any kindness either in our old age. But one of the things that makes me really sad, and I really don't want to throw statistics at our listeners, because we hear enough statistics, but one of the things that came uh, to me in the last two months, I would say, is that in all the Google alerts that I see on anti-bullying is that we have a new word today, and it's called bully side. And it's bully, and side is C-I-D-E. And it actually means suicide, but suicide when it's only committed through someone that's gone through bullying. And I think the, the statistics people want to try to keep that all apart. And that really made me sad because it means that the epidemic has gone so far that we get all these words, you know. And one of the things that I really want to ask Jeff especially is when I was young, I got bullied. But nobody ever told me, and that's my question now to Jeff, is nobody has ever told me that my life wasn't worth living. They told me really bad stuff, and I felt really bad about it. But nobody actually told me that my life wasn't worth to be lived. And so, Jeff, you're a lot younger than me. And did anyone ever tell you that? Did anyone ever tell me that my... my that you weren't worth a, a worthwhile worth human being to live and that you should commit suicide? Uh, yeah. I was told that. I was told that a lot in school. I was I was told that a lot. Could you give me an age? I mean, a frame of year? I mean, everywhere from... 19 what? Uh, well, I'm trying to think of when I was in... Let's see. Uh, probably 98. 98. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot, but I'm trying to figure out when this started. Yeah, about 98, 99 for me was the first... Um, that would have been my seventh grade year. That was about the first time I had ever heard anybody say something like that to me. Um, yeah. you know. Bill, Bill, you interviewed people that said that too, right? Didn't you? Uh, yes, I, I did interview some people that that had uh, that had been told that you know they're they're just terrible people and they shouldn't exist. You know, that's that I've heard that yeah. a lot from people and and, it, and it's happened to me too. I mean, I, I heard things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and this was for me when I was in seventh grade being bullied, it was in like 1996. So even in the mid nineties, I was, I was here. I was hearing okay. things like that. I, I would agree. Me personally, I think it's 1995 and up. But yeah. I wonder what it is that we, and, and I agree with Jeff's comments earlier, there's nothing on TV today that is worth watching. <laughs> and so um, we do let our kids watch it. Someone told me yesterday that, well, Disney's channel should be a safe channel to watch, but they don't think it is either. But in the meantime, their children watch it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you think... That this is play acting that is seen from somewhere. I think that I think that some of it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I was never raised that, like for me, on my end, let me give you an example. I was never raised that, you know, uh, self-injury or, um, you know, ending my life was a proper way of dealing with things, but I learned it from other places. You know, that, that was something that I learned from music and from, you know, some of the comic books that I was reading and stuff like that. You know, I was into a lot of dark things. I was a goth kid in high school, I guess you could say. Okay. And, uh, you know, I learned that from a lot of, it, it was learned behavior from other sources. So, you know, as far as bullying goes, you know, it, it may not be the parent. You know, the, some of these kids that bullied me came from excellent families. Their parents were wonderful people. Their mm-hmm. siblings were awesome. I was friends with their siblings. It's just this one person. And it was a learned behavior from somewhere else, whether it be from another, you know, external family member or mm-hmm. from friends, or it was uh, something from peer pressure or, you know, whatever. But I don't think it's necessarily something that, that, you know, is just one of these things where, oh, if this kid's a bully, well, he must have learned it from somewhere, so let's blame the parents. You yeah, but know? don't forget that the bully has pleasure in this, and the bully does get the attention at school. So exactly. you just said peer pressure. You just said the key word, because I agree with you that it's one kid. But the one kid, it has enough uh, clout, if uh, if you will allow me to use that word, uh, to pull some classmates or some people on the school grounds into the situation and be advocates yeah. to go against you and ag- well, against yeah, the victim, that, right? That was what happened to me a lot of the time, too. It's, it's, it's almost like gang behavior. Yeah, it's a gang a behavior. Thank you. Guy, exactly there was though. one guy that wanted to beat me up, and one guy didn't like me, and if all of his friends wanted to stay friends with him, they were going to join in on it, too. Because, <laughs> And, you know, when you're in school, everything is about how many friends you have. So it's like if you're not friends with the one guy who's popular or whatever, then, you know, your reputation is mud from that point forward. So, of course, they stuck with the guy. Yeah, and it's it, it, it was the same way with me, too. It was never one individual bully. It was always kind of a, a leader and then his posse. And it was it, it was always groups of kids. It was mm-hmm. never one individual kid. And you know, so you could kind of tell uh, there was there would be some people that were in this group that were just there to laugh. They weren't actually actively participating. Yeah. But, but they I, were hanging with the leader of the pack. So you know, and, and kind of on that kind of on that front, that reminds me. You know, we were talking earlier about kind of you know what we can do. You know, to kind of prevent this and yeah. and. You know, as far as being kids goes, you know, I was, even though I was bullied, I was still able to recognize that, okay, you, you people standing around laughing have not ever done anything to me and you've actually been nicer to me than anybody else, but yet you're still laughing at me. So why, you know, and that kind of brings me back to a quote that I heard um, a while back by a uh, a uh, gentleman named Edmund Burke, he said, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is that good people do nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that starts as the, even when you're a kid, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, I use the word silence. It's a good person, but because you do nothing, yeah. you're allowing evil to succeed, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that becomes a learned behavior, and that becomes a behavior that sticks with you all the way up into adulthood, mm-hmm. you know? And we look at, you know, we look at... um like the bullying situation today. You know, but it's hard for the educators as hard for the parents. Nobody seems to be wanting to work together on this problem. So I think that the first, the first way to resolve this is to get the school districts, the educators, and the parents 
on the same yes. page. Yeah. Honestly, that I mean, they're all bystanders, and they're not doing anything. So the bystander needs to become an active witness. And I think if we could, that's why I don't only want to speak in schools. I really want to hit on the educators, because I think if we put the educators and the parents together, and we take away their deniability, and it will go away, it will go away, it's not that bad. Yeah, I, I would take it one step further and do the okay. same thing with the good kids that are in school. The kids that know bullying is wrong, that recognize the the um, the. Uh, uh, yeah, I do that uh, when I speak to the kids. Yeah, they recognize the signs and they don't do anything. You know, They're the girl, so scared the, the girl of peer pressure. To stand by and watch this other girl beat up on another one in the bathroom, and yeah. they just walk by, knowing what's happening. You know, taking those kids and saying, "Look, this has to stop." You yeah. know, and. Yeah. You know, it, 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 what it really comes down to is just get, trying to get kids to recognize that, you know what, none of this reputation crap means anything after you get out of high school anyway. Which is hard when you're in high school or, or middle school. It's like everything's about your reputation, and then you graduate, and everybody but, says uh, it, and then you realize, wow, being a jock didn't mean anything, did it? <laughs> you know? Exactly. I um I have someone that I befriended on Facebook and I want to keep his name anonymous but um he's an adult today but he has a year school picture with his name and under it someone printed gay and he's still dealing with these emotions today and yeah. my question right there we just talked about bystander need to become an active witness how can a school let something like this happen well, I think there, there's a school in particular. I'm not going to mention what it is, obviously, but there there is a school that a friend of mine actually teaches at, and he, in his experience at the school, he has learned that within the school district, they don't allow people to use the word bully. They think it's a it's a term that if it's used, people are going. It's going to encourage kids to actually bully. Which is, as we all know, is is complete garbage. That doesn't make any rational sense whatsoever. So that's a rule. It's it's kind of sweep it under the rug, ignore it. If you don't say the word bully, it's not going to happen. And that's an attitude I'm afraid a lot of schools have. And yep. I think so too. Something really. But you have it because nobody is coming up. I mean, this is, we'll talk about it after the break, but nobody is coming up with the true solution. Mm -hmm. You know, what it comes from, to be honest, is living in a culture and a society where you consume McDonald's for spilling hot coffee in your lap. That's what it comes down to. We're going to cut your break with this comment. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with the management and leadership style of your organization? Do you think it could use some improvement? 
No matter the level of leadership at your organization, you'll be sure to learn something new when you tune in to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Through a unique lecture and interview format, we'll bring you ideas, questions, and answers that will help you run any organization, whether for-profit or not. Listen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. I'm Gabriella, your host with Might Radio. And we have our two guests, Bill Cornelius and Jeff Kirby. Okay, we were just talking in the break nonstop about how to solve this problem and if we could get the parents and the educators on the same page. Bill, what did you have to say about that? Well, in, in my experience with doing the documentary, it's there's a lot of really great organizations that have cropped up all over the country and speakers that have been personally affected. Uh, most notably, who uh, a man I just interviewed, his name is Kirk Smalley, who uh, lost his son to suicide uh, because of bullying. And he goes around the country to schools everywhere. He's been to other countries, and he speaks to schools and shares his story. And it's so powerful. And you can tell by the looks on these kids' faces that he's hammering it in, into their heads what, what happened and what the consequences are. And, and He's, he's coming from a perspective of this is when it goes too far. This is when someone loses their life as a result of this. And I think that shocks a lot of kids. And I think it shocks the educators that are there listening to it as well. And I think a lot of times, in order for people to take the necessary steps and the necessary action, unfortunately, uh, it, it usually happens when something serious like suicide occurs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it takes something like that sometimes to, to wake schools up, which is unfortunate. Um, but there are a lot of good organizations that have been out, that are out there active right now, trying to educate and trying to make sure schools are equipping people uh, and students and educators, so we we don't get to that point where there's suicide. And but do you believe that if we if we vilified a little bit less the bully, more parents would be involved? I think so, um, because, because I don't think we handled that part very well, and then the parent kind of feels it's you know all their fault, and they start to feel isolated, which is not a good thing either. No, because because uh, then the, then the bully ends up becoming the victim in a way. Absolutely, um, and it's uh, that's not that that's something we don't do well in this country at all. We mm-hmm. don't look at it that way, and it's. Uh, and to be honest, I don't know of anything that's happening to to change that and to educate. I'm on trying. That. I go to every school and I'm trying yeah. to get people to understand that the bully and the victim are mirror images, and that it really right. has to do with low self-esteem and fear. And yeah. I hope they're listening. But I, just like you and like uh, Kirk Smalley, I'm always so amazed 
how willing the children are to listen and yeah. how these horrendous stories actually resonate with them. Yeah. And more with them, actually, than with the educators and the parents. So the children really know. But yeah. if we can't get the parents to live by example and to basically stand up uh, for their values and standards, then maybe we can get through the, through instantly through the children yeah. to try to treat each other nicer. Jeff, when um, when you were bullied, was there was there a lot of diversity at your school? Do you feel you know that? There, well, there was, yeah. Um, you know, they, I, I switched high schools uh, at the end of my junior year uh, into my senior year, and um, it, the school that I went to beforehand was a uh, was a private school, so that it was more segregation based on financial status. Um, but and that's kind of what brought around a lot of the bullying, I guess. Um, you mean but, the differences of the classes? Yeah, the difference yeah. is kind of financial class, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hit my senior year, um, you know, the bullying kind of, I didn't, it kind of stopped for me, but I noticed it among other people. Um, and it, it, there was a lot of diversity. There was a lot of uh, economic diversity. There was a lot of racial diversity. There was a lot of religious diversity. And, uh, you know, people were bullied for at literally everything from, um, you know, them being poor to, you know, the tightness of your genes as a guy to, you know, whatever. I mean, it was, it was literally everything. And it, it's, I've noticed even like as watching my little brother, whom I'm 10 years older, watching him grow up through middle mm-hmm. school, high school and everything, it gets worse and worse for less and less reasons. Yeah. And, and to speak on, to add to that, when I was bullied in middle school, I mentioned before that it, it initially came from the fact that I came from a different part of the country. I came from the South, so they, they picked on me for that. Over time, um, it became just little bitty things, little nitpicky things. They mm-hmm. would pick on me because of the way I held my pencil when I wrote. Yeah. It was just a little... No, no, it was just to find anything in the end. Hey, Bill, today where I talked, they thought I came from Denver. <laughs> Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> just, to, just to tell you, it was really funny. You know, I asked everyone, so yeah. where do you think I come from? And someone said Ecuador and someone said Denver. Ecuador. <laughs> and I said, why Denver? I get Ecuador, but why Denver? I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I literally say in every single school, you cannot tease, you cannot bully anyone about how they look. And what their background is or the funny accent they have. Because mm-hmm. it's just part of them. It's just a quirk, and you're going to have to accept it. Yeah, and, and when, when, pe- when, bully or when, when victims of bullying hear all of that, the little nitpicky things, the things about how they look, the things about how they walk or hold their pencil or what have you, th- they take that to heart. For me personally, my self-confidence was shattered. I felt so worthless because I thought I had all these problems that they were pointing out. And they really weren't problems at all. They were just little little things that they could tease me about. Yeah. And and it makes you it makes you as a person feel feel broken. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you're worth anything. You feel like all these things are true. You have these problems. Yeah, we're not well, good funny. enough. It's funny. Yeah. You know, something something that I've come to realize is uh, as I've gotten older, you know, I've always I've always been fascinated by the world of music, um, and now I have the opportunity to actually work uh, in in that 
you know, industry. And uh, I'm a DJ, and part of the culture of club DJing and, you know, kind of rave culture, especially in Europe, is uh, these four letters, P-L-U-N-R. And they stand for peace, love, unity, and respect. And it sounds very hippie-ish and whatever, but when you really think about it, those are four tent poles of of what I personally feel are a moral and a values-driven society. And, you know, peace, promoting peace between people, between individuals, love, loving one another, it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, what you look like, what you sound like, what your nose is shaped like, or your eyes or anything, you know, (laughs) uniting as one people, you know, against injustice and against, you know, uh, I can tell you, we're almost out of time, guys, but I can tell you that is a really good message and a beautiful one to finish at. And unity, we can only have it if we start being a true melting pot of diversity. We can't be afraid of each other. We have to be open with an open visor to each other and just accept that the other person is different. And my message is really clear, and just let them be. It is okay not to belong. It is okay just to stand there, and we as a group should leave that person just there. If they want to come into the group, they have a right to. If they want to stand on the side and watch, they have a right to do that too. Right. So I want to end by by, um, having you, Bill, um, tell quickly to the listeners about where they can see the trailer of your movie. Uh, people can go to www.hearmenowmovie.com, and uh, everything's there that you need to, to find. The trailer's available to watch, and there's also links to the Facebook and Twitter pages, so you can connect with the film that way and get updates. Okay. Super. Bill and Jeff, I thank you so so very much to be on my first show. I really appreciate that two passionate people kick off Anti-Bullying Month like that. Thank you. We thank really you appreciate much. you having us. Keep up the good work. We will. You too. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform. Mm-hmm.